I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the Beauty School Dropout podcast, a skeptical and irreverent take on skincare, makeup, and the whole industry by two beauty outsiders. That's me, Sam. And me, Ali. We're bringing you fresh fortnightly content looking at the science behind the stuff you put on your face, beauty myths and gimmicks, and all the shit that goes down in a multi-billion dollar industry. If you're listening to us already, you've found us. Subscribe to get notified when our next episode drops. If you want to get even closer, you can follow us on Instagram at beautyschooldropoutpod. On this episode of Beauty School Dropout... Ali and I explore if clean beauty is just a marketing term or if it's actually saving our lives. I'll teach you a lesson learned on how not to botch your lips. And we are joined by the incredible Alicia Aiken Radburn from Bachelor in Paradise and also OG Bachelor. Stay with us. We love to share our failures here on Beauty School Dropout, not just because losing is always learning, but it's also just funny. On today's segment of Lessons Learned, Sam does some more dumb shit. Dumb shit indeed, Allie. <laughs> As usual. As usual. Uh, Allie, have you ever seen an item of clo- like trending clothing? So many times you end up asking yourself, shit, do I need that too? Yes, and it's usually one of those really cheap products on Facebook and then it comes and it's like a doll size. <laughs> It gets to you. Over time, <laughs> it wears you out. Um, well, that happened to me only with lip injections in the summer of 2018. So I was watching so many YouTubes that I believe I momentarily lost touch with reality. YouTubes. YouTubes. <laughs> like, and for those of you playing at home, it's uh, YouTube beauty influencers, I would say. Yeah. They just do makeup constantly and they have everything done. They've got their eye bags done. They've got lips. They've got filler in all sorts of places. And I've never had any complaints about my lips like, they're, they're all right. Like <laughs> They're possible. They're possible, very possible. Uh, but constantly seeing lip injections, because I do watch upwards of two hours of YouTube's yeah. at a time, it really got in the back of my head. And not only that, but the accessibility of how easy it is to get lip injections. Mm-hmm. I think I've said it before that there is a, a clinic on every corner, like, I'm surprised McDonald's don't do a McLip, for instance. <laughs> it's like Starbucks. Yeah, exactly. Um, I'll have a tall two mils of lips, please. <laughs> but not only was it like the constant, I feel like, consumption of media of big lips, it was also the accessibility of it. 
And so Homegirl just fucking books it, does no research, rolls up to one of these mid clinics and just goes for it. And had a great time. That's the end of the story. That's the end and it worked out great. No, it didn't. Um, look, it wasn't bad, Like, which, which is funny because I was so uneducated at the time that I didn't actually realise it was shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's why we're here to tell everyone else about it. Yeah, so I'm going to tell you what I wish someone told me before okay. I rolled up onto these McLibs. Yeah. Um, uh, so here are the key things that I wish someone told me. Try not to drink in the days leading up to it. That sounds very difficult. It's exceptionally hard for me. And because I'm such a booze hound, I was like, surely I am exception to this rule and I'll be <laughs> fine. Because uh, I have done many things like catch flights, go to work <laughs> after many big nights. So I was like, what's going to happen to me? Extreme bruising is what happened to me. Ah, it's like a free shade Literally, like, it was purple, blue. I got lots of shades. People pay for that. People do, Mm -hmm. but honest to gosh, like, I... It was so... I had to wear a really dark lipstick because I went to work. It was during the summer, like, break when no one was really in the office, so I got lucky. And I had to wear, like, I don't know, (laughs) almost a black lipstick to cover up with, like, these newly injected lips. I looked like a Bratz doll. It was hilarious. (laughs) Summer goth. Summer goth. Very on trend. Another thing is if you are prone to cold sores, uh, it is really important that after you get your injections or before whatever suits you, that you take an anti-inflammatory and also one of those over-the-counter a cold sore meds so they're like preventative you you take them when you feel one coming up and the reason for that is like the the intrusion if you will (laughs) of the needle um I don't know it really fucks the cold sore up it like it hears the call and it comes to the surface it just wakes up it's like like, a bear after the winter it does it's like is that my trauma I'm coming for you uh so that's a really important thing to do and also if you're afraid of needles honestly just don't I you are afraid of needles. I'm deathly afraid of <laughs> needles. And yet, um, I get laughing gas now, but the first time there was no laughing that day. <laughs> you can feel it like wiggling around in your lip and I, it's not for the faint of heart in my experience. I didn't find it particularly painful, but like for me, it's a notion of this like little needle guy making its way <laughs> around town. <laughs> Sounds like the most traumatising children's story. <laughs> It really almost is if you don't do your research. So another thing is I didn't have any real bloody idea what I wanted. It's very hard. I mean, a lot of people just roll up and say, Kylie Jenner, please, or this, that, which is like absolutely not suited for anyone's FaceTime, not even hers. You're just like, give me lip. Um, I'll have number two. (laughs) They basically just bring out a menu. It's like a Chinese (laughs) ordering menu. Look into it because I had an experience later on when I got a good doctor and I kind of said, I want to look like this girl. Like, put that mouth on me. And she really went into detail explaining as to why that cannot happen. (laughs) And, well, it can happen, but it looks immediately fake. Bless her. Yeah. Have you ever sat across from someone at dinner, like in a restaurant and you can just see those two lips coming for you and you notice them you're like, oh, now that I've seen them, I can't look away. No, I don't think I've ever heard two lips coming for me. (laughs) You don't go to dinner with me enough. This is a strange way (laughs) to phrase that. You don't want it to be noticeable. I mean, some people do, but that is not my look. So uh, she gave me some really good advice about like, you know, what we could do for my lip shape that was like in the area of what Mm -hmm. was going on there but didn't look like I'd straight up stolen someone's mouth 
and slapped it on mine. A lot of clinics charge a fee. Yep. It's like 50 bones to go see about your lips. And it is redeemable on product, but I guess if you decide not to, you do lose it. And it is like you risk it for the biscuit, man. Mm. Like I don't think you could should really redeem on the spot because I think I would have saved myself a lot of trouble. Yeah. Uh, again, at the time, I didn't know that it wasn't good until I went back and showed my new doctor my old lips and she was like, why has all of it travelled to your upper lip bridge? <laughs> and I'm like, not sure. I thought it looked good. And she's like, it didn't. And now every time I see photos from me from that summer, I'm gagging. Are you doing like reverse beaker? <laughs> reverse beaker. I'm always having mouth problems. <laughs> You're always a muppet. <laughs> well, thank you. That has been very informative. Uh, I'm now terrified and I won't be getting it done. But for everyone who does want to get it done, please, I hope you are taking notes. She does dumb shit so you don't have to. It's time now to head into science class. What are we learning? We're doing chemistry class today. Ooh, sounds dangerous. Actually, not dangerous at all. All right, goggles on. What are we deep diving? We're going into the weird and not so wonderful world of clean beauty. Oh my, clean beauty is such like, it's a buzzword at the moment. I hate it. I can feel a rant coming on, honestly. Yep. (laughs) My rant today is called Everything is a Chemical. And uh, is it? Okay, well, not everything, but most things. So the term clean beauty has become so pervasive that nobody actually knows what it means. It's like calling something natural. Like there's no regulation that covers clean or natural, so anyone can claim them as a marketing term. So what about things that are like non-toxic? And when I think about that, I think like crayons, like you can eat them technically. I mean, don't eat them, but non-toxic, that also means nothing. And anything that promises to detoxify is just bullshitting you. Like chemical-free is a straight-out lie. The only term that's regulated is organic. So isn't that a good thing in skincare? I mean, not necessarily. It just means you're paying more for it. Organic products can still use chemicals, and those chemicals, in some cases, can still be worse for you than synthetic ones. So why do brands make all these like outrageous claims that there's, when there's nothing to back it up? Because money. They profit from it. They want to sell you something, and they're going to use a fear of chemicals to do it. It's not like these companies are doing it like from some sense of altruism, like the bottom of their heart. It's only to make money. And if you're profiting from chemical fear-mongering, then you're anti-science. I feel like every product tells you that they're made without something. Now I'm like, I'm just paying more for less shit that I'm getting. <laughs> like, know this, know this, know this. Well, what is actually in you? Yeah. It's just, like it's disappointing that even some of these really popular, like expensive beauty brands that you see in your favourite retailers – they're saying that they're free from all these supposedly nasty things, but they don't make those claims based on any like real observable health effects. They're just doing it for marketing purposes and like they've even admitted that. So like everyone else on this planet, they just want my money. Yeah, like me and everyone else. <laughs> I just want your money. <laughs> you cannot have my money. But I'm not out there saying like I'm going to save you from parabens or GMOs and like GMOs have no adverse health impacts unless you're allergic to them. So these companies are just making profit off consumers who are anxious about their health. And then it becomes a bit of a cycle. Like one brand advertises that they're free from something and then the consumers think that like that thing is bad. So then the other brands respond by removing it, even if it's effective and completely safe. And then we get to the point where nobody knows what a chemical is anymore, i.e. where I'm at. <laughs> it's like, have you heard like so many times people say they're only going to use a product if they can actually pronounce the ingredients? <laughs> and then I have to say like, that's not the best way to choose the most effective products. And some people would struggle to pronounce dihydrogen monoxide. Um, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Water. Uh. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> thanks for humiliating me. Uh, when I think about clean beauty, though, I think it's going to be good for the environment. It, like, there's always like little trees on the packaging and shit like that. Being marketed as a clean brand doesn't mean that that brand is more sustainable than one that uses like conventional and synthetic chemistry. I feel like you could talk about this for another two hours. Yes, I could. But we have an amazing interview to get to. Uh, So I'll stop now. But next episode, I'm going to talk about a particularly insidious form of anti-science in the beauty industry. I wait with bated breath. I bet you do. (laughs) Our next guest you might know best from her quest for love on The Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. However, Alicia Aiken Radburn is more than just an ex-reality show contestant. Since finding love in paradise, she's dedicated her profile to women's issues and continues to use her platform to normalise beauty expectations for women in media and worldwide. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. That is, I'm so excited. That was like such a nice intro. And literally in that moment, I just reflected on the last couple of years and I've known you girls for a while now. And I'm thinking back to like (laughs) my first season of The Bachelor and now I'm living in Perth with a boyfriend. It's great. You have been on a journey for sure. You have been with me through many ups and downs. We had jewels in the middle there, which we avoid talking about as much as possible. But you were were there for all of it. So let's start from the beginning. You were thrust onto our screens during prime time in 2018, dressed in extravagant gowns, glamorous hair and makeup. How much of a shock was that to your usual beauty routine? Okay, glamorous gowns. That was probably one of the biggest motivating factors, I guess, of making like once I'd gone through the the whole like group auditions and medicals and stuff like that, I remember being with my mum and, you know, we're weighing up like I was a bit, I guess I was a bit nervous about being like one of those girls that goes on and they're like out the first night. Um, That was what I was most nervous for because I was going to quit my job to do the whole thing. And I remember mum just saying to me, like, when do you get the opportunity to dress in these like insanely beautiful gowns, have your makeup done every ceremony? And honestly, that was a bit of it for me. Like I'm not, this is important to say at the beginning of this pod, I'm not, I like, I try and learn. I'm actively learning all the time, but I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself like a fashion or beauty person. I enjoy it, but it's not, I'm not professional and I wouldn't consider myself like to have an eye for style. I'm sitting here in like my like khaki Lorna Jane tights and some old white t-shirt I stole from my friend Hannah. So (laughs) it was a nice opportunity. Well, the whole like vibe of The Bachelor is very like fantasy-esque. So like to have like, you know, high hair, big makeup, I'm sure it would have been part of the fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. I think we get so many questions. Often the question that I get is, you know, do they, do you dress yourselves? Do you have to like bring all your own clothes to the mansion? And the answer is anything that the girls are wearing outside of a cocktail party or a rose ceremony is their own. And you will see varying degrees of fashion amongst the girls. Um, Me being like not good. I like reflect on some of the outfits that I wore and I was like, there was this particular confessional in my first season and I was wearing like, no, like I love Target. I just dropped like $300 there this morning, but I was wearing this like awfully striped 
t-shirt and I, oh, I just, it was buttoned up without a collar. And I was like, I saw her in the confessional and I could hardly watch the episode because I was like, that is disgusting. Oh my gosh. Well, with makeup, obviously you have a pretty big team around you getting you glammed up for the shows. Are there any tricks of the trade that you learn while you were getting done up on set? I think probably for me, which is such an interesting takeaway because I think people would assume that it's the opposite. I've actually kind of learnt from that that less is more. And I think like if you take a closer look at some of those cocktail parties, the girls are obviously made up, but they don't have, it's not like full glam Instagram makeup. The makeup artists predominantly on set are like traditional TV makeup artists. And from what I've talked to those makeup artists about is it's really just about like there's they don't have time to like give you a whole new face and I know that we can do amazing things with makeup but what they're trying to do is enhance your natural beauty and it's they're pretty good at it you spent some time filming in the humidity in Fiji now humidity is my natural born enemy what have you learned about looking hot when it's bloody hot as hell so yes it was like very difficult in Fiji um I was really happy happy that I got to do two seasons of Bachelor in Paradise because the leaps and bounds that I made between the first season of Batch in Paradise and the second in terms of like dealing with the elements was was astounding. Yeah, it was a redemption run for both like my romance and my face. The big ones for me were like some people get lucky and they just have that sort of like straight dead hair that like no matter where you go, it's fine. And it's perfect. My hair is that, it sits between that, like, if I let it dry naturally or, you know, if I've just blow dried it out, it sits awkwardly between, like, straight and curly. It's, like, wavy, but it's not, like, it doesn't have enough uh, symmetry (laughs) amongst it to actually, like, be able to wear it like that. Like I need to straighten my hair most of the time. I, you know what I am? I'm at TikTok where the girls, it's like a voiceover and she's like, I've seen these TikTok videos that makes me think I actually have curly hair. And then she like does the curly girl method and her hair is like beautifully curled. I feel like you have similar hair types. Like definitely that I look like a newborn bird when I just blow dry my hair. Like I can't just go out in the world like that, let alone go straight from a pool onto a camera. Oh, so like the key takeaways for me were and the like the issues I had were I went to Edwards and Co before my first season of Bachelor in Paradise I was like I want to feel stellar for this season I like I could hardly believe that I was asked and that I was like actually I just for the whole time I thought oh no they're gonna ring me and be like I've been cut because like For instance, like I was with Kat and Romy in my first season of The Bachelor and then Romy decided that Paradise wasn't for her. I think she got a boyfriend actually. And I was like, fuck, like we're meant to be the three main girls. I'm going to get cut because like, you know, I'm not a dumbass. Like TV production, I would like, I, I thought that they would be, they wanted to like promo us being like, mean girls are back. And so I was like, damn, I'm going to get cut. Anyway, I was so glad to even like be going through the process. So I was like, I'm going to make myself feel so good. I got a full color. Um, so I like full new highlights. I must have, they must put some like Olaplex or whatever. And then I just got, I didn't get a full head of extensions. I had been like growing out these shitty layers for like 
the last five years of my life. I was like, I just need to fill in that front section. And they were great. So they put some tape extensions just in the front section. So it was like cute, even. And then once I got to Fiji and I, you know, did a little bit of swimming, they were orange in like a week. And I, you can still see it if you go back to some of my clips from the first season of Bachelor in Paradise, they're just like copper tinged. <laughs> and I was like, this is not going to work. So I was like, I think I was sharing with Alex Nation at that time. We were in the same beret and I'm literally like getting, you know, when your tape extensions like start to come unstuck a little bit, I'm like got my finger jammed in there and I'm like ripping them out because I was like, we can't have this on TV. It looks terrible. Like some girl at the club and by some girl, I mean me in my early (laughs) (laughs) So are there any beauty faux pas that you've made that you wish maybe weren't so to primetime television outside of the copper hair extension? Yes, there is one more of note. And that was also, it also occurred on Batch in Paradise season one. I got slightly better this season, but still I'm like, oh, bronzer. It was my bronzer. So some of the stuff, I think particularly you can notice on the Canadian Daniel date, we're like walking down this beach. And often I guess the way that I like do my makeup is I'll put my foundation on. This is like me in the morning going to work. I'll put my foundation on, chuck some blush on my cheeks, and then I'll try and use a bronzer, like sort of in the same way as I guess you would contour. So I'll like, you know, purse my lips and then like try and get right in there up near my ER. But I just like hadn't blended it properly. So I've just got this like full chunk of brown that is not serving any purpose. I don't look bronze. I don't look contoured. Yeah, it does not look good. <laughs> oh, look, you you are not the only one. I think I've mentioned this before, but there's a whole Reddit page dedicated to the women with crappy contour and it's like... Oh, no. <laughs> like I'm going to find my way there one day. It's just yeah, one bad day, man, one bad day. Um, but women can be their harshest critics and almost sometimes worse than Instagram trolls. How tricky is it to see yourself on television and not be critical of like a flyaway or just little things that only you would notice, like maybe bad contour? I've really struggled in a sort of soft way, I guess, uh, with my self-esteem after appearing on TV. And I think people like, I think people tend to catastrophize that and they, they're like, you know, everyone's like awful to you or like, it's, it's like you can't participate in TV because it, or it's like an issue with TV itself. Like I still want to do the, I still want to have these experiences. It's just a vehicle, I guess, in the same way as like, I feel like Instagram has amplified people's, like made people harsher critics of themselves. It just so happens that I've put myself in this situation that unfortunately you see yourself back in high def, which a lot of people don't really in the course of their general lives get to do. And yeah, it it does catalyze you being really self-critical of yourself. And so I think probably the takeaways for me were I definitely, I wanted a nose job after the first season. I wanted to get, um, and this is like an ongoing thing in my life, I guess. The nose job I've dropped off. Like I've, I've rationalized, like I, I like, I like the way that I look predominantly. Um, but you do just, you just become fixated and like, I've got a bit of, um, submental fash just underneath my chin and it's just a part of my body. It's part of my genetics. And I'm never like, as much as I exercise, whatever, as much as I like eat clean, it's not going to go away. It's the way that my body carries weight. And so I've like considered, do I like go get that cool school? 
sculpted where you like, it like freezes your cells and then they like massage it and it breaks it up. So I definitely, I guess in this conversation, you can say I've become such a harsh critic on myself and you do definitely nitpick away about things that you could improve where in the great scheme of things you've never really thought about them that much before and they don't they're not really that important they're not but I think that Instagram has really changed the way beauty has been received and you know you're out there looking at pictures and pictures of edited photos for one uh people that are a more genetically blessed than you or just have more money than you to fix it like yes it's, it's easy to feel that pressure yeah and I think that the the Instagram thing for me and I think I, I probably two things one anecdote which was so interesting to me and it only happened this week. Glenn's had his like first few brands reaching out, but there was like a really good Perth brand that he personally wanted to support. And he'd been so busy with work and he was like, oh, I got to take these pictures to like help these guys out. So I was like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, getting all hype girl about it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And we took a bunch of photos and then I just caught him. We were sitting on the couch later and I'd like airdropped all these photos and I'm like, you're the most handsome man in the world. And uh, I'm like, I get fr- frustrated and Glenn is a person for me who in my eyes exemplifies it. People who you can just like don't can't seem to take a bad photo. Like I see these really gorgeous girls on Instagram and I'm like, damn, like you could just like do anything and you would look freaking amazing. And I feel that way about Glenn. I'm like, you never look bad. You're like the most beautiful human being. And he was sitting on the couch being like, oh my God, like, do I look this weathered? (laughs) And I'm like, what are you talking about? And so it just like goes to show when we're taking pictures for Instagram and we're trying to sort of like, I guess, reach this ideal in our mind of like what we want it to look like. You just become so hard on yourself. I feel like I'm the opposite. I'll take a picture and be like, oh my God, I'm fucking amazing. And then oh my I'm gosh, like, I love okay. that. No, I'll go back an hour later and be like, what were you thinking? Are you insane? You look so weird. Like I have like two, like one overwhelming level of confidence and then complete shame. <laughs> that is so interesting because I'm the complete opposite. I'll take a bunch of photos. I will make myself not look at them because I know in the moment I'll be like, oh, that's gross. And then I'll come back to it, not even like about uploading it, but I'll come back to it in the afternoon and be like, okay, what options do we have here? And I'll be like, okay, there's like 10 bad ones, but there's like three good ones. And that's, and I'm a lot easier on myself. You know what? I might take that because and it's good to have some space that way I won't have the regret right away. Yeah. But you, but you do get an immediate like, oh yeah, that's sexy. I, I think I look good. And then I'm like, but then again, that no one likes it right away. And I'm like, yes. Am I weird looking? Um, yes. Is, am I hot only in my own mind? Like I'm so confused. And I've I'm, also just, I've started putting the phone away. Like I'll upload something that I like. And then in order, I guess, to combat some of like what keeps us so hooked to Instagram, I'll upload something that I personally like, that I'm happy with, with a caption that has come from my heart. And then I'll put it away and I'll be like, I don't want to like see its progress or because then I'll just become more fixated. I'm going to take your method on. I'll let you know. Try how it. Try it. Avoid a shame spiral. I will. So I want to talk to you about a recent post of yours. Uh, you took a stand and kind of came out against some pretty upsetting image-based comments on your pictures. And I thought it was really important, you know, you handled it with a lot of humility and 
I, I really respected it. But how important do you think it is to normalize beauty standards online for women? I, I, I think it's incredibly important to normalize beauty standards. I think I like that post was different for me because I'd often, I actually find reading the whole like um, body positivity stuff on Instagram sometimes really grating because I'm just like, I don't know, it's like showing real bodies and like us without like face tune and stuff like that, which is great. Uh, But it's just, it feels like hyper positive to me. And I guess my relationship with my body, I, as much as I've like tried to be, I guess like oh, I love the skin you're in, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you just feel shit. And and I just don't see that represented as much on Instagram. There's like this really polarization. It's either you're face tuning and we're not talking about it, which I've done. I do, I do plenty. Like they'll be like, you know, I'll, I, I like wrote about it in my post. Like I, I carry my weight in my lower abdomen. Like a lot of women do. Mine's, mine's quite pronounced. And I sometimes have been, I'll just do those three pixels to make it look slightly straighter. So I don't get like, I have been in such fear for the comment that says I'm pregnant because honestly, like with the way that my, like, I I know that we like often talk about uh, different sizes, but I don't think as much we talk about different shapes in the sense about like how people carry weight differently. And I, as like, I would, I would, I'm like, I guess I usually, I'm a size 10. That's like what I usually go for in a store. That's a conventionally slim size, I guess. But it's, and so sometimes I feel really nervous actively talking about these issues because I'm like, a lot of people would see me uh, in, in a dress and be like, you're fucking skinny. Like, like this is not your space to talk about this. But it's very but, personal. Oh, so personal. And I think like a lot, what a lot of people wouldn't realize is like as much as like, I think I often have related, I guess, to bigger women when they talk about not being represented in campaigns or media, because in a way I still don't, I feel like we're getting really close to it, but I don't see my body shape represented in media. I'm a size 10, I'm slim, but I have like a belly that a lot of people would that on my stature people would like I would get the bun in the oven comment and it's like I don't have a fucking baby in my belly it's just where I carry my weight well the conversation about also how your body changes as you get older like for me I noticed it in my late twenties and in my early thirties, my body's completely different. Like you'll get there. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That. And so I think like in a way that I'm really glad that I, as much as I was a little bit nervous and I think like Glenn was a little bit nervous as well. And I, I was, I was like nervous, like, Oh fuck. Am I like being unhinged here? Like, am I just really letting all of my insecurities um, modify my behavior. And am I just like, have I lost it a little bit? Um, he was like, like Pat, Pat, they're like, are you okay? (laughs) He wasn't, he was just like, you know, he was, I think he was looking out for me a bit. Like, is everything okay? Cause I feel like he had felt as well that these were emotions that I had had bottled up for a while now. And I think that just talking to my girlfriends, no matter what shape or size they are, particularly coming out of COVID and such a sort of emotional year, I think that increasingly people are being 
self-critical about where their bodies are. Troll on Instagram doesn't have any clue. And I mean, that's the beauty of what they do. They, they leave a hateful comment and then they jog on to the next one. And so I think it's really important that you, you call out that behavior. And also just like, I really thought it was, I thought we like as a community had decided that I was like really surprised to see a comment like that, even if someone like I would much prefer, okay, cool, someone like sees it on their Instagram and turns to their girlfriend and be like, oh, mate, do you reckon she looks a bit pregnant? Like have that interaction. I don't fucking care, but don't put it on my, like you really just managed to get to like my exact insecurity in that one comment. It's like, do it on your own time. Just not. Oh my God, exactly. Just do it like the rest of us. Like pour yourself a glass of red wine and bitch about it to your mate. Like... <laughs> Let's talk about your all-time ride-or-die products that make you feel your absolute best. What are your holy grails? So I, one of the biggest changes to my beauty routine was when I got my first, like probably one of my first proper adult jobs was working in Bill Shorten's office and I was an advancer. And so we would, we would travel all over the country planning out his media events, basically. And I worked with this amazing woman called Amber. And I remember we were in Brisbane Queen Street Mall and we were there. I think she was actually like, I was in training and we had some time off. We were going through Queen Street Mall and we went into Mecca and I guess I'd never invested probably because I didn't really have very much money for makeup. And she was like, if I give you one change to your whole regime and how you do stuff, invest in your foundation. And actually like, I know it's scary to like get off the, like I was using orange capped rimmel. It's like some glowy one. And she was like, get off the $27 foundation and spend some money. And I bought that day Smashbox. Um, They've got like a really amazing 48 hour foundation or something like that. It's like, it was, it's like amazing hydrating, whatever Smashbox brand. And I've used that ever since. And going from a drugstore, I guess, as we call it, foundation, love you Rimmel. Um, But moving off that, which I felt would just like, I put it on and basically an hour later, it would slide off my face. Moving from that to a proper, I was like, oh, it's, I put this on at 9am and it's 5pm and it's still on my face. Hanging on. (laughs) Yeah, that was amazing to me. Um, Other than that, I'm very basic. I just go with like whatever Mecca tells me this won the beauty election. So obviously better than sex. I also, for my particular face shape, the one thing that I can do that I just think elevates me very quickly, even if I don't feel like it, is... um, at the moment, I, I'm using the hourglass highlight and I just do a little bit just underneath the eyes and I'm awake and looking radiant. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. All right, now time for everyone's favourite part of the episode. We're going to tell you what to buy. Yeah, buy it, buy it, buy it. Nah, like... Don't buy it because it'll probably get discontinued. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Everything I love dies. Everything I love dies. I need to tell you about something. Okay. Is it the thing you're holding in your hand? I'm clutching it like my pearls. (laughs) Uh, My precious. I I have crossed over into cream bronzing. No. Yeah. I have just gone over to the other side. I've always been a bit like 
funny about like cream bronzers because I get, especially in summer, I get well sweaty. Mm. Uh, things you we all, all now know about me. Yeah, we're just sweaty in summer. It's fine. Let's not hide it anymore. Uh, but I didn't really think that a cream bronzer would have the integrity, nay, the grit. <laughs> the integrity. <laughs> Send it to ICAC. <laughs> <laughs> to hold on to my sweaty face during the summer. But as it started to get warmer this year, uh, I've really come across a stayer. And I'll stop the incredible lead up. Uh, it is the Fenty Cream Bronzer. So it's cheeks out. Is that the shade? No, the shade is Macchiato. Oh, I can never tell with a Fenty. I know. It's all cute. So it's like 1,200 names before you yeah. get to it. But essentially it is, it's in the same packaging as a like famous Sunstalker bronzer. Mm-hmm. But inside, what I'm about to show you is a disgusting, putty, <laughs> hairy mess. The, the crime of cream products is that they will eat all of your brush hairs <laughs> and fibres. That's not cat hair. Uh, who knows? I mean, it could be. It's very hard to say. I mean, I could put a blue light on this. Look, I, <laughs> I digress. Uh, it's fucking phenomenal. Like, if you are looking for, like, you know, a really light contour or just, like, like something that gives you that summer glow, like putting it, obviously, in the hollows of your cheeks and up around the forehead to make you look, like, a little bit more tan if you haven't had the chance to get there or have that spray tan appointment. Or you're just, like, pale. So it can be coupled with things, uh, you know, you can you can wear it underneath, on top, on its own, hairy, not hairy, however you like. Um, but it's actually my staple for this warm weather. I'm obsessed with it. Nice. <laughs> that was the sound of it closing. The, the hideous sight of the furries being taken <laughs> so away. So glad you put it away. <laughs> Look, do you have something less gross to talk about? Or? Yes, okay. I have something very nice and clean and fresh. Uh, I'm going to talk to you about the Dr. Dennis Hyaluronic Marine Hydration Booster. I want to congratulate you on your pronunciation. Thank you. It could be wrong. I still don't know. No, it's right. Eva Longoria taught me. Excellent. So this is like a little tube of serum goodness. It's a little little blue, like... Fandangle? Fandangle. Um, <laughs> that has just saved my skin during winter. So if you get any little flaky patches on your skin, this stuff is an absolute hero. Ooh, indeed I do. I get this little bit like right between my eyebrows. That's my flaky bit. I get bit. that too. Does everyone get that? Are we all in this together? <laughs> so I'm getting that serum now 100%. Okay. Well, it is, let me tell you, it's $109, but it is worth it. <sighs> After pay it. Okay. I'm, I'm actually, okay, I'm looking at the ingredients list and, like, I can't pronounce everything. And I have a science degree. Okay, but is this a clean beauty thing or is I don't it? Think it's, I don't think it's clean beauty. Um, it's just good beauty. So <laughs> what it has in it, um, apart from all, like, the normal stuff that it has, it has Centella Asiatica, which is that stuff that's in the Dr. Jart Seeker Pair, like, that really calms down redness. Um, it's got ceramides in it. We love ceramides. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> Yay, ceramides. Um, it's also got a little bit of retinol. Um, it's got glycolic acid, so an AHA, and it's also got lactic acid. So heaps of stuff packed into this little blue bottle. Um, but you have to be really careful when you first get it because it's got so many actives. Just don't use it with other actives like the first few weeks. Until Can you, you tell me what an active is? Because I'm looking at you like... <laughs> you just gave me a look. I was like, what did I say? Um, an active, <laughs> another active, like an AHA, BHA, retinol. What happens when they all get together? 
uh, they have a party and your face goes red. <laughs> no. I mean, you will know what you can handle. Um, but if you're kind of new to the whole world of actives, um, just take them one at a time until you know that your skin is happy with all of them together. Admit one only. Admit one only. Um, but yeah, I really recommend this product. It made me look all nice and glowy like a dolphin, not to labour the point. <laughs> Always dredging up that old dolphin. I know. We'll never let it go. <laughs> um, okay. I guess it made me look glowy like an angel. Beautiful and not crispy between the eyebrows. No, no crispness. Excellent. That sounds like a high praise to me. It was. That's all for this episode of Beauty School Dropout. Head on over to our Instagram at Beauty School Dropout Pod and give us a follow. You can also send us a message at hello at beautyschoolpod.com. Be kind, follow, and subscribe. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for mother's day than whole foods market they're your destination for unbeatable savings from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts start by saving 33 with prime on all body care and candles then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus quince only works with factories that use safe ethical and responsible manufacturing Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.